all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. We also want to thank our latest national sponsor, Veteran Lending Council. It is a community dedicated to educating lenders, realtors, and veterans on the VA Home Loan Benefit Program. You can check them out on Facebook and other social media outlets. Welcome, I am Jim Fossone, and this is Veterans Radio's Spotlight on National Veterans Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. Veterans Radio America, a nonprofit, has a partnership with nvbdc.org. Uh, to spotlight what its contributions are and what its members are doing every month. And NVBDC is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses of really all sizes. It is also a 501c3 nonprofit that was established in 2013. It addresses the growing need to identify and certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses for the corporate marketplace, and for the government as well. NVBDC administers a rigorous certification process designed to withstand the scrutiny of corporate entities seeking to utilize SD and VOBs. So we want to welcome this month to the spotlight, Cal Quinn, founder of Bancroft Capital and a certified service-disabled veteran-owned small business specializing in institutional brokerage and capital markets accounts. Uh, Cal, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you uh, for having me, and uh, thank you for what you do to support veterans and veteran initiatives. Well, we're always glad to have uh, on a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, and we're going to talk about your service a, l- <laughs> <laughs> a little later. You mean uh, you let the West Pointers in as well? We do. Normally, I, you know, I've got okay. a few things to say, but uh, it noted yeah. you got an honorable discharge, which is a little surprising. Yeah. 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 But. We won't even mention the uh, the Air Force or Coast Guard guys. Uh, f- fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm kind of interested. You're in the financial services sector. Can you tell us a yes, little bit about what Bancroft Capital does and why it was important to get certified 
as a veteran-owned business. Yep, absolutely. So Bancroft Capital is a service-disabled, veteran-owned and operated broker-dealer and investment bank. We operate five business units, fixed income, sales and trading, equity trading, cash management, capital markets, and public finance. Uh, what the, the, the function that we serve in the marketplace is really, uh, Jim, that, that, that of a real estate broker in a real estate transaction, where by we match buyers with sellers, but we just do it in very large institutionally sized transactions. That really amounts to most of the services that we deliver as an institutional broker dealer and investment bank. The um, importance of an MVBDC certification, I think, is a, is a question that needs to be answered on two fronts. And, and first is, uh, we live in a capitalistic society. In fact, I think capitalism uh, maintains, uh, as, as one of the greatest bastions of hope uh, throughout the world, that through one's own hard work and diligence, uh, they might create a greater prosperity and hope for their family, that they would be rewarded for that effort and that labor, right? Um, I, I think that's uh, a wonderful uh, opportunity and a, and a great um, you know, offering of help uh, to anybody who's fortunate enough to live in a capitalist society. What that means is we must provide value to our customers and our counterparties, right? We must allow them to, to create uh, better products and services or create greater profits and ultimately um, you know, grow their businesses. Uh, through the support of of whatever products and services we're delivering into our customer base, right? Uh, we have to be a value-add counterparty. Uh, it's up to us to develop that value-add uh, proposition, but quite often it is very, very difficult uh, to get into um, a customer relationship, right? It doesn't really even matter necessarily what industry or sector we are talking about. Jim, the reality is that most people have their friends, and they are not interviewing for new friends, right? Right, right. <laughs> so yep. the opportunity for us to establish a dialogue with somebody who may well very much uh, require the services that we offer, right, but just don't know that we exist and, and aren't aware of the value that we can deliver in their organization, we're just a, a, an unknown to them. Our opportunity to enter into a dialogue with a prospective customer uh, is facilitated through the MVBDC certification and not just the certification, but the vetting and history, uh, the, the credibility of Keith himself, uh, who has been doing this for so many years to support veterans and, and others who care about veterans and want to work with veterans because of what we offer uh, to the civilian marketplace. Uh, often we talk, uh, Jim, we talk about things like uh, diversity and inclusion, which I think is a very, very important initiative for our country to embrace. And sometimes, often, that conversation stops, Jim, with diversity. That is the capacity for uh, us to identify the difference in, in us and another individual. You know, um, you know, tall, short, brown hair, black hair, uh, blue eyes, green eyes, whatever. Identifying the difference between two individuals or necessarily two organizations, any fool can do, generally speaking, right? I think what diversity and inclusion in our country, in our communities, and in the the, the uh, in the civilian uh, marketplace, it must take we must take the, the next natural progressive step in that dialogue to not just diversity but inclusion, and that is valuing the difference, right? Not just identifying the differences in in in, in people and organizations, but valuing the differences, especially in individuals, right? And if we can harness, if we can value those differences and harness those differences, then we can collectively, corporately, we can be better 
than the, the sum of the individuals. Right? Well, and what we your, can be better people. What your certification by NVBDC allows you then to do is be identified as a legit disabled veteran-owned business. Correct. And, and, and to use the sort of leverage that that certification does to sort of uh, allow you to get uh, introduced to a whole new set of possible customers. Absolutely true. But 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 I, I think as I was kind of talking through the inclusion side, the, the disabled veteran and veteran communities, right, especially those that have served in combat theater like I have and, and, and served over the last, you know, 20 plus years, right, the perspective that we bring to the civilian marketplace is very, very unique, Jim. We represent half of 1% of the U.S. population. But our perspective, driven by our experiences, right, by our background, uh, by, by the things that we have seen and done, we can bring a great deal of unique value to our civilian counterparties and to the civilian marketplace. And yes, so the, the NVBDC certification identifies us as who we are, right? with our set of experiences, and we may also be ethnic and gender minorities, right? We may, we, we are all disabled uh, Americans, right? But we represent all three of those diversity initiatives. But as we are introduced as an MVBD certified business, our counterparties know they're dealing with a veteran, right? Who brings that perspective. And that perspective I have found to be incredibly valuable in the civilian marketplace and often uh, underrepresented. Right. And so it's a great opportunity as an MVBDC certified business to earn uh, consideration from your counterparties based on your identity, on the ethos of your organization. One of the things that I'm always amazed at is it seems that if you're NVBDC certified and because of the way in which Keith King is the founder of NVBDC is such an advocate for veteran owned businesses, there's a lot of possible networking that can go on and does go on. Have you experienced that, uh, Cal Quinn, founder of Bancroft Capital? Well, that is the very intent of, uh, of the consortium, isn't it, right? I mean, it is the idea of, of collecting individuals who have like mine, right, and, and want to be able to, uh, to, to partner with veteran-owned businesses, uh, civilian organizations who care about the value of that that. that portion of our, our country's population and believe in, in their unique ability uh, to deliver valuable services. And, and as I mentioned, you know, that, that diversified perspective uh, into their organization. So collaboration, communication, networking, you know, and I, I, I loved uh, back when we were able to do it. I don't know whether you remember this way back when, Jim, but we'd actually get into a conference hall uh, with the MVBDC group and be able to, to share our business and share stories and learn more about our customers and and do it over cocktails and and, and conversations. Those uh, those conferences were incredibly valuable. Now the MVBDC has done a wonderful job of trying to facilitate that in, in a COVID environment. But I'm hopeful, Jim, that we're moving back to the world where we can get face to face again. They tell and me that's they tell me that's going to happen this year. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it yet though. Yeah, 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 I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming. But super exciting because yes, you know, that uh, that dialogue of veteran-owned businesses with uh, civilian business counterparts who are interested in our businesses is 
incredibly valuable. And it's not just valuable to the MVBDC firms. It's also valuable to those civilian organizations as well. Absolutely. And we appreciate uh, Cal Quinn being in the spotlight uh, for NVBDC and his uh, outfit, Bancroft Capital. Cal, I want to turn a little bit now to uh, your story. How did a nice kid like you end up at the uh, Naval Academy? Well, um, I, the, the very direct answer is uh, the Div and Missions when I was um, doing a recruiting trip to Naval Academy told me that if I got in direct to West Point and Air Force that I should probably go to those schools <laughs> because I may not be able to get into the Naval Academy. You may not be I mean, good enough for the Naval Academy. Yeah. Jim, the worst thing somebody could do is tell me I can't do something, and now I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm just that kind of stubborn uh, mule uh, that I was told I probably couldn't make it, and so now I needed to, to prove that individual wrong and, and was blessed with the opportunity to do that. But my, my father uh, served in the Air Force. Uh, he was a C-130 pilot. He uh, got pancreatic cancer when uh, he was young, and, and obviously I was young, died when I was a kid. Uh, they said exposure to Asian Orange while he was flying C-130s in Vietnam led to, to early pancreatic cancer. Um, so service to country was always very important to me, uh, always a priority. And I was blef- blessed with uh, some small amount of athletic ability and, and recruited as an athlete. And so it, it opened the doors uh, for me to, to attend the service academies. And tell us a little bit about uh, um, your service in the Navy after after that, sure. and when you when you got out, and we'll transition to the business world. Sure. So um, I met my wife uh, my junior year in college, um, the most beautiful woman I had ever seen, and uh, our third date. I knew that that something was happening, so uh, we were actually engaged six months after uh, I met her. Uh, we got married shortly after I graduated Naval Academy, and I told her, I said, you know, I'm dragging you into the military. You get to choose where we do our service. So I went down to business school in Athens, Georgia, the Navy Supply Corps Business School uh, that, that has since uh, closed but used to exist right there in Athens, um, and then reported to my first duty station in San Diego, um, a great place to be a young uh, professional. Uh, my wife and I had a wonderful time there. Um, I did much of my service at sea. I was on a, uh, a ship, the Mighty J, uh, USS Jarrett, and did a couple of uh, deployments to the Middle East. I was able to volunteer for collateral duties to keep myself engaged and, and wound up doing something called BBSS, Visit, Board, Search, and Seize. Uh, did that in Northern Arabian Gulf uh, through a couple of deployments and was involved in a couple of non-compliant uh, boardings that gave me some small degree of notoriety with leadership uh, that, that ran Fifth Fleet, and, and they coined me Combat Disbo, actually gave me a mug from Fifth <laughs> Fleet, uh, Combat Disbo. And uh, that became relevant after 9-11. I had rotated back CONUS and uh, was working for the S3 wing at that point out of NAS North Island. Um, coming to the end of my military service, I was doing an internship with Morgan Stanley Dean Witter and you know preparing to go to business school and um, you know, uh, you know, head out of the military and heading out to work one day, I would turn on the TV as I was walking out of the door to help my wife get up and watch the second plane fly into World Trade II. Um, everything changed for us all. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our country, arguably the entire world. 
uh, went down and spent the rest of that day, um, you know, seated next to a, a brother of mine, uh, not an actual brother, but, but a brother uh, through brotherhood, uh, a guy by the name of Clint Bruce. And he was serving in, in the SEALs and just been deployed to the, to, to the Middle East. And we knew he'd be somehow he'd find his way to, to being the first boots on the deck, whatever the fight was. And we didn't know what was happening at that day, if, if you recall, but we knew something was happening. And so I sat all day with his wife. Uh, to make sure she was okay. Um, our base resumed normal operations, and I went to my boss. I asked to serve in combat theater, and two days later, I was boots on deck in Bahrain, and and, and ultimately, I was uh, introduced to uh, an individual in a group that was responsible for the insertion into Afghanistan, uh, Task Force 58, led by uh, General Jim Mattis, and um, you did forward combat logistics for General Mattis and that, and that group. Uh, a wonderful uh, gentleman by the name of uh, later to become General Broadmeadow uh, was my direct boss, even though he was operating in a different location. Uh, a wonderful American and a great Marine. And, um, you know, he let me um, do what little I could to support the cause. Um, had a near-death experience in combat theater in, uh, on the, the 9th of January. Um, and, and I wound up living and others died and, and really struggled with that. Uh, for quite some time, uh, you know, um, we wound up having a memorial service for the lost 12 uh, that died in a C-130 that went down. And um, as we walked away from the memorial service, um, we had a half page sheet of paper uh, with the words to Amazing Grace. And on the flip side of that sheet of paper were the, the names of the fallen. And I flipped over the, the leaflet as I was walking away. And, and, you know, about 170 of us at that memorial service and what was left of a bombed out Kandahar International Airport. And um, I saw uh, the aircraft commander was a, a, a guy by the name of uh, Matt Bancroft. And um, I had known him as he had gone to the Naval Academy. He'd, he'd walked through the same halls as I had. And I just I really struggled with that. You know, he left two daughters and a wife. and. And, um, you know, what right did I have to be alive? Ultimately, I realized that God spared me that day that I would pursue uh, not my own lustful wants and desire in life, but that I would serve his, his will with my life, uh, that I would com commit my life to a cause greater than myself. And so that, that has been uh, my initiative ever since. You know, for years, I, I, I facilitated that, you know, volunteering for Habitat for Humanity and being the treasurer of my church and engaged in, in society and, and as a father of four and a husband, uh, but I felt like I could do more. I mean, so much of our lives are spent um, in our professional existence, you know, maybe 80% of our wake hours. So how can I integrate my need to provide for my wife and my my boys, my family, uh, with a cause that was greater than myself, with a this, philanthropic ideal? So, so uh, let me interrupt, because I now know where the name of the company comes from. That's right. Bancroft Capital, which as uh, I was doing my research, I was like, you know, I don't, it's spelt a little different than I thought. It's not exactly, but I, now I know. Yep, and it also, background. it also explains the, the, the founding principle for the company, which is promoting meaningful employment and opportunities to disabled veterans and providing leadership through unparalleled commitment to excellence. And, you know, sometimes this is just uh, corporate mission bullshit, if I may. Yeah, lip service. And I read it and I go, yeah, I don't buy this at all. 
but now I know where it's coming from as I talk to you, Kale, and I and I assume that's what's in the DNA of what Bancroft Capital yes, is doing. You've got it. You've got it. So in 2010, I looked at the unemployment rate for disabled veterans, and it was twice that of the national average. And I'll be honest with you, Jim, that really peeved me off. I was upset about that, right? Um, like, I refused to re- accept uh, that disabled veterans should be viewed as a charity. I'm a disabled vet, right? I don't want anybody's charity. All I want is opportunity, right? And, and I think that's what most disabled veterans want. Frankly, I think that's what our country's psyche needs. Uh, I think it's very, very damaging for a sovereign psyche to to treat its veterans as if they are a charity case, right? I mean, you know, Abraham Lincoln knew it in the second inaugural address, said, you know, care for the the widower uh, of of the fallen, right? I mean, he he knew that the restoration of the country required the restoration of those that had, that had paid the great cost of that war, right? Um, it, it's 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 true as much today as it was back then, right? And so how do we present this opportunity for disabled veterans that they could have access to the American dream for which they've sacrificed so much, right? It can't be given to them. You cannot give somebody restoration. It needs to be earned on their own merit, their own hard work. Uh, You need to be able to provide somebody not just the ability to create sustenance for themselves, but the the capacity to bring their dignity home along with that paycheck. Well, and and that's what we did. It's part of taking that capitalism that you talked about earlier. That's right. As a very powerful tool and saying, I'm going to use this and I'm going to make sure that uh, veterans who've sacrificed are able to participate in it. And you have training programs and some relationships with two universities to help folks kind of get themselves in a position that they can participate in that game of capitalism. Spot on, Jim. So I realized that if, if I took the veteran initiative of training employing disabled veterans and put it into a nonprofit, uh, we'd run into donor fatigue. And, and I believed back in 2010 that our country would forget very quickly about the plight of the disabled veteran, right? Unfortunately, that has proven true, right? Uh, but if we can integrate that philanthropic initiative with a successful for-profit business, then on the merits solely of the services and products that 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 for-profit business delivers, right? And the profit that they generate from those services, we can perpetuate this philanthropic initiative forever, right? Without ever having to ask anybody for a charitable dollar. And that's what we did. We integrated the idea of providing meaningful training and employment opportunities of uh, to, to veterans and disabled veterans in particular uh, through a for-profit business. And we maintain a veteran training program here at Bancroft Capital that's really built on three fundamental pillars, Jim. The first is we go into the hospitals. As a disabled veteran myself, I have good relationships with the recovery centers. We go into Fort Belvoir, Walter Reed. I've been down to Brook Army Medical Center. We've been to other uh, hospitals as well. We work with the disabled veterans in those hospitals to broaden their aperture so they see the world of opportunities available to them in the civilian marketplace outside of governmental contracting and governmental agencies not disparaging those those career paths at all, but the world represents more opportunity for them than being a government employee. And we well, want, to, and want them to be able to see that's that. That's the importance that you say, you know, open the aperture. Unless you've been exposed to it, how do you know? So by that's go, exactly right. By going to Jim, those folks exactly right. and saying, hey, the financial markets are really a place where you can shine, Yeah, people wouldn't when, think about it. When Jim, people are terrified, naturally terrified, of you know, kind of the, the the mystique of Wall Street, right? And what we do is we actually we hold a transition seminar, and the first hour we do role playing. We talk through an equity and debt syndicate, and we 
you know, pick three people from the, the audience. You know, you're the CEO, CFO, and COO of Bulldog uh, Incorporated, and you have a patent technology on fitness equipment. You've been working out of your uncle's warehouse, and now you need to raise $100 million to, to support a business that has grown exponentially over the last three years and is revenue positive. What are you going to do? You're going to raise equity or debt. We talk through the building of a syndicate, uh, the the uh, the pros and cons, and it's not rocket science, Jim. It's, it's not so much of of what this industry has is is readily available to people that are willing to commit 110 percent of their effort uh, towards developing a new skill set and 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 going into a you know a different career. So we we broaden their perspective, and then we actually run a trading game, Jim, where I put a fifty dollar gift card in the middle of the ta- table, and we trade in an auction uh, outcry market, much the same as New York Stock Exchange, and, and we just compete. And they don't really know the specifics of what they're doing or why they're doing it. They just, they're just trying to compete. And at the end of it, we talk about some of these concepts. You know, who knows what a selling group participant is in a, in a debt syndicate? And who knows what a, you know, a, a, a book manager is? And, and, and you know, it, that are, they're introduced to these base level concepts. And, and then the idea is, is, is positioned to them you can have a career in this industry. So very important that we get early in the process. So that's the first phase, Jim, is we work into the hospitals. The second is an organically run veteran training program. We position them a vet with a vet, which is something we started back in 2010. We position an industry vet alongside a disabled vet, and they learn the industry as they go through. We get them licensed. We do an eight-week rotation through the various business uh, units that we operate in the facets of, of, of an institutional broker dealer. And then we position them for six months as an intern uh, working you know, day to day, doing the job alongside an in- industry veteran. And, and that's the roughly a one year program, although it varies by the individual. And then the third phase, third aspect of what we do, Jim, is our partnerships, as you mentioned, with higher education. When any individual is shifting from you know, kind of one life path to another, you know, knowledge is power and you need to empower yourself with knowledge. And so how can we do that for our veterans? We've got partnerships with Villanova and the Sales University where our candidates are able to attend business school classes free of charge, free of charge. Now, Jim, I don't know whether, you know, you may uh, you know, see the, 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 uh, the, the tuition rates for higher education, oh, but geez. free is not yeah, a word that yeah. is used very much, right? And, and so that's tremendous that they will allow our candidates to attend business school classes free of charge. Uh, but but here's the, the aspect of this, Jim, that is that much more meaningful. Our enlisted service members, which I believe anybody worth their salt is going to acknowledge that the backbone of our country's military, the greatest military that this world has ever known, that backbone is built on the non-commissioned officers. Amen. Senior enlisted. Amen. These senior enlisted, right? And so those individuals often serve... 18, 22, 24 years of service, and they never have a four-year credit degree. They may have six, seven years of meaningful academic schools, things like nuclear prototype school and, and you, know, uh, you know, flight training school, but they didn't get a four-year credit degree because their commitment to their country and where that took them didn't facilitate that, that opportunity for them. And so they step out of their military careers with all this wealth of experience and this great skill set that they try to market in the civilian marketplace and the marketplace says, yeah, I'm going to discount that by 30 to 40% because you don't have a four-year degree and you don't have a two-year postgraduate degree. Well, I think that's a bunch of crap. I really do. And so our partners have worked with us. And insofar as our enlisted service members can demonstrate the academic acumen to be successful 
and, and start with some of the base level classes, they can get direct admittance into a 19-month MBA program and in 19 months get the equivalent of six years worth of schooling, Jim. Well, I think this really demonstrates to our veteran radio listeners that Cal Quinn, founder of Bancroft Capital, is committed heart and soul to this and really has thought it through on how to help uh, veterans enter into the financial markets. Cal, um, if you've ignited some folks here about, hey, I'm, I'm interested, I'd like to know more, is there a website or a way that they can uh, track what's going on and, and find out more about what Bancroft Capital does and, and uh, how to be involved? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the, the aspect of, of what our business represents that is most important to me, Jim, because my capabilities are finite. And, and I have to admit, Jim, our success, uh, you know, for what we've done with our business, and we recently ranked the number one fastest growing business over the last three years by the Philadelphia 100 Forum. Our success is not because of Cal Quinn. Cal Quinn is it flawed in so many ways. And, and if you need a, a laminated list of them, my wife will provide that to you. And I don't even um, want to ask but, the four girls about it. Uh, that list would be yeah. too long. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you know, the reality is we are blessed with a n- number of great people at our firm, and that's success that we've offered. But if there's anything that we do, the one that I hope is more meaningful than any is the is the leadership we provide to the marketplace so that others, as you mentioned, are inspired, inspired to assign the appropriate level of value to veterans and disabled veterans in, in, in the wisdom that they have in their ability to contribute to the civilian marketplace, right? And so when a veteran, disabled veteran's resume comes across the desk of a civilian business manager, they look at that and say, wow, this is important. I want to look at this. I want to find a way to extract the value out of this individual and lever that within my organization, right? Uh, we hope to provide that leadership to the marketplace. So if people are interested, uh, our website is www. Bancroft, B-A-N-C-R-O-F-T, the number four, and then V-E-T-S dot com, Bancroft for Vets dot com. Uh, our phone number is listed on our website, uh, but for the purposes of uh, of this interview, uh, it is 484-546-8000. Again, 484-546-8000. My name is Cal Quinn. I am happy uh, to answer any questions and and collaborate with anybody who is actively engaged in supporting veterans and veteran initiatives. Cal, we want to thank you for taking some time today to talk to Veteran Radio and and, uh, explain to us why you got involved with nvbdc.org and sort of what's in in the DNA of Bancroft Capital. And uh, very exciting information. Thanks for taking the time today. Jim, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on and thank you for what you do to support veterans uh, throughout our country. All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. 
We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at LegalHelpForVeterans.com. We also want to thank our latest national sponsor, Veteran Lending Council. It is a community dedicated to educating lenders, realtors, and veterans on the VA Home Loan Benefit Program. You can check them out on Facebook and other social media outlets.